This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right, Raider Nation, welcome to the post-game edition of Silver and Black today. The Raiders win. Yes, how does it feel? Well, we're going to hear from Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. He's going to give us the voice of the fan, of course, as we do every show. But the Raiders hold on 17 to 13. Yes, they don't score 20 points again. But you know what? A W is a W. So you got to start with that. And I know we're going to have some critical views, but first we're going to start uh, by bringing in my man Murph. Uh, make sure you also follow him on X at underscore Murph, M-U-R-F. And of course, got to do it too for Raiders Fan Radio on YouTube. So make sure you do that as well. Okay, Murph, the, the three-game skid is over. The Raiders win at home. And uh, for very interesting, I mean, because of interesting reasons, which we'll get into in a second, the defense Actually, in this one, Robert Spillane, two interceptions, Max Crosby, two sacks, and Amik Robertson, a guy that we all like here as well, has been on the show a couple of times, good kid, comes up big at the end with an interception in the end zone on a nice leap, and the Raiders win this one. Give me, give me your reaction. I know you and Jeff and Michelle are there. You were watching the game together. Kind of tell me what the conversation was like amongst Raider Nation and its fans. Uh, well, we're going to win the Super Bowl, Scott. I don't know if you heard that again or not, but uh, you know, we're, we're uh, you, you know, I tell you, this is an interesting game because there was so much to be critical about. So I don't want to lead any of my comments about this game uh, in terms of criticism, because look, like you said, a W is a W. At the end of the day, it's all about putting more numbers in the left column than putting them in the right. So uh, I will always be excited uh, about a, about a Raider victory. That said, like there were there was some things there. That, um, you know, I, I've said it I, probably three or four times during the during this game as it was starting to close out. I'm like, ah, some Raider stuff is getting ready to happen where it felt like it was like, OK, momentum starting to turn around even all the way down to that last play. I felt that like previous versions of this Raiders team, that ball, instead of staying slightly pinned on Amik Robertson's shoulder, uh, it slips through and, and or, you know, Watson <laughs> the ball away from his shoulder and comes down with a touchdown to win the game. It was like, those were like, that's like some Raiders stuff that used to happen to us all the time, but it didn't like those things didn't happen. And despite the lapses and despite the mistakes, they still fought, they still clawed the still, d- despite the fact that Max Crosby is like, I don't know, like 75% of our defense now, like we were still able to get it done. So, uh, you know, incredibly thankful uh, for the performance that the Raiders laid out. I mean, you know, uh, in, in front of a home crowd, you know, we we saw some of the, and I'm sure we'll get into it, some of the reactions from, you know, from the owner's booth and things like that tonight. <laughs> so for the Raiders to kind of pull it out and, to, you know, to pull themselves up by the bootstraps, like I think that um, it was pretty impressive. And I will say this too, like I felt like this was a player's victory. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. 100% came down to those young men on the field selling it out as, as best they possibly could uh, to bring this win home because a lot of my criticism over the past, you know, a few weeks now about Josh McDaniels and the, and the Raiders, you know, uh, coaching staff, mainly a little bit front office, those opinions did this win didn't sway any of that at all. So hundred percent give credit to these young men. And I hope 
that when McDaniels does his pressers uh, tonight and when we go back and listen to it, that he diverts a lot of the credit. That's what a good leader does. You divert the credit, you take the blame, and take give the it blame. to these young men because they battled their ass off to get this victory. You're absolutely right, and I think that's a great place to start, Murph, because there are times you can win in despite of things and how they're going, and 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 we'll get into that stuff later on, as I mentioned. But you're right. You, again, you look at the performances here, and, of course, Monday Night Football, the national broadcast focused on Max Crosby from the beginning, but it's easy to do when you sure. see this guy and the fact that he just doesn't stop. He is so relentless in, in, in every play. If a, you have a kid or someone in your life that's a young football player, show him Max Crosby because this is a guy who gets it done. He's a fourth round. He wasn't a high draft pick. He wasn't a Tyree Wilson going seventh overall and getting 30 million bucks up front. No, he was a fourth rounder, had to prove it. Of course, he got clean. We know his great story about sobriety, all that stuff. But I'm just in awe, Murph, every time I watch it because you do. And I remember a lot of fans were upset because Richard Sherman had his podcast and he said, hey, Max Crosby deserves better than the Raiders. It would be good for him to get out of there. I think this is what he meant. He, I don't know that he meant that. I know a lot of people think that he's got an anti-Raider bent, whatever. But the point is he's so good. And I grew up in San Diego as a Padres fan, right? Tony Gwynn was on the Padres. They only He went to the World Series twice and the playoffs like four times in 21 years. So I get it. And that's why I turned to my wife and I said, he reminds me of Tony Gwynn right now because he just doesn't care. He just goes out and does his thing. And I'll tell you what, he set the stage because the defense was struggling a little bit. And he was going the whole time. And then he had a couple breakthroughs, the big tackle for a loss on the running back where he just just smothered him. He set the pace for that defense, and everybody fed off it, Murph. Absolutely. You know, and you see players have, uh, like, right, Bob Spillane, uh, young Mickey Spillane, like we like to call him, you know, <laughs> to have a breakout game, to be so opportune, uh, if that's a word, uh, with, with you know, his, his placement on the field and his ability to get his hands on the football, almost even had a third interception there. Like, when's the last time that happened, Rod Martin? Like, I mean, you know, it's been a long time since we had a linebacker come up with their hands on the football on a regular basis, and that's what this young man did tonight. And even if, like, and listen, here in the fan cave and, and, and me and my, my two amazing co-hosts of Raiders Fan Radio, Jeff and Michelle, we were um, – we were, we were on Marcus Peters a lot tonight because there was a lot of plays oh, that yeah. I think that yeah. um, whether it's age or, you know, lingering issues still from his injuries or whatever it is. And I got a lot of respect for Marcus Peters as a player. So this is no, my comments are not an indictment <laughs> of him and his career. And he's a, you know, he's an awesome, you know, Bay Area, Oakland guy. And so like, I got nothing but love for Marcus Peters. That said, you know, the soft coverages he was playing tonight has, you know, he wasn't in position a lot. Uh, you know, and a lot of times during the game and, you know, and, and I don't know if that's a coaching thing. I don't know if that's a player thing, but to this fan's eyes, it looks to me like as father time is undefeated, you see a player, they start to lose a step. They start to play a little bit softer and it's, you know, we've seen that with the Raiders a lot. And I think we, we were even talking about it amongst the three of us, like as of recent history, the only, well, not, the, I don't say the only, but the one that's most memorable in terms of the Raiders bringing in like an aging free agent that still had a lot uh, in the tank was Charles Woodson. Like Charles Woodson was amazing no doubt. playing safety no doubt. for us when he came back to Oakland. And so, but outside of that, like there's not a glaring, a, a lot of glaring examples of Raiders bringing in players from James Jones to Jordy Nelson to Justin Tuck to you name it. Like, you know, there's been so many that have come in and they just weren't, 
the same player they were. And so I feel like Marcus Peters is a lot of that. But all that said, so there you, I, I led with all this, this stupid criticism, <laughs> but then he freaking makes the play at the end of the game, which at is the, the whole game. reason yeah. that we brought him in yeah. was to create turnovers. And he did that. And so, like, it's almost like a running back that, like, you know, uh, you know, gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage three times, but then, the, then all of a sudden it's an 80-yard breakout touchdown run a la Barry Sanders, right? It's like, those are the kind of like, if that's the kind of play we're going to have out of Marcus where it's going to be like, all right, he's going to struggle a little bit. He's going to struggle a little bit. And he's going to just freaking like create that turnover that we so desperately have needed. And the Raiders defense came up with those tonight. And all that said, not to just make it all about Marcus Peters, but the rest, but that your idea about how the energy of the defense has Mm -hmm. completely fed on the motor of Max Crosby, the mindset of Max Crosby, like that guy, not only like you mentioned, he's relentless, and I think that that's a a very common theme when it when and it comes to conversation around Max nowadays is that oh, yeah. that relentless nature that he has to him. But like what Jeff said, something at the end of the, at the end of the game, we watch the press conference. You see Rich Passaccia come over there, grab grab him away from um, from Lisa, and okay. uh, and and oh, gives yeah. him a big small thank you, gives yeah. him a big hug. Uh, you know they have some kind words there, whatever. And it was like, you know, and then he like he goes on to shout out Raider Nation. He, t- he takes a minute to, to acknowledge the fans, even in a stadium where there's only 46% of them are Raider fans. He acknowledges the fans. He acknowledges his daughter. Like, yeah. that, like, and Jeff said, he's like, is this dude like one of the most Raidery Raiders of all time? Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, me and Michelle have been Raider fans for a long time. We're a little bit older than Jeff. And he kind of looked at us like, am I crazy for thinking this? And we're like, no. Like, Not at all. He's, I'm wearing, tonight I'm wearing Gene Upshaw's jersey. Uh, he's right up there with guys like Gene, like guys like Howie, like guys like, I mean, you name him. He is an absolute all-timer when it comes to the Raiders. And I could be prouder to have him as a, as a member of our football team and a representative of our football team. Of course, Devontae Adams as well. I didn't get a chance to hear Devontae's comments after the game because we've gone live since since ESPN's done their interview with him. But like, And, and so I don't want to take anything away from Devontae, but it, it, even that – I don't know. I think at this point, Max Crosby is like, even like he's, he's that he's it. He's the face of the freaking Raiders at this point. And, uh, and we couldn't ask for a better better rep. So, and Murph, I mean, it it starts with his play and he's a great player. And, and the reason I brought up that energy that the defense seemed to feed off was because the defense was struggling. They were getting gashed on the ground by, by the Packers who were missing their, their top running back, by the way, in Aaron Young. So they they were they were there and they were kind of getting run over for a little bit. It was surprising to me that Green Bay was establishing the run so quickly, but it also was key because for whatever me- reason, Matt LaFleur decided to go conservative against the Raiders' banged up defensive backfield. And what that did is it allowed the backfield did well. You saw Meek Robertson now, we, the Marcus Peters stuff. I tweeted out about that during the game because I couldn't believe it. He wasn't making tackles. He was trying to make tackles or he was pretending to make tackles, whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> after that like initial first couple drives where they were giving up chunks of yards, then, and the three points, then Max Cross, he just seemed to come to life and, and not just come to life, but to create plays and when you have a breakthrough, that's that's what the Raiders have missed a lot, I think, this season so far, is that one play, even though Max Crosby's almost home on every play, he gets it, he makes it happen, and then everybody else starts to believe. Team sports like football, it just happens that way. You start to feel that momentum and that kind of vibe. And to me, that's when it started, when he, when he got that first sack. And that's not to say that they did perfect on every down. 
but clearly they did enough to to contain Green Bay in this game. And and I would get, I mean, if I'm in the locker room, I'm giving the game ball to the defense. I mean, you might give it to Max Crosby, sure, but I'd give it to the entire defense because they came up big when they had to, and there was contributions from all over. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw it from the middle of the defense today, um, which we hadn't seen a lot. And, you know, and so much props to Meek Robertson, man. Like, we love that guy. Um, you mentioned him earlier, you know, uh, coming on your show and I'll interview with him. And I'll never forget the the tears in his eyes and the appreciation that he had when the Raiders drafted him, when they did the, you know, the, the when the Raiders did the you make the call videos and all that stuff. And, <laughs> you know, I, I think that he epitomizes to me like he's a dog, like he's a scrappy dude, like he never gives up on a play. He He's he plays bigger than his size, you know, so for him to come up with the with the game winning interception. Like, that is so awesome. Like, that's a guy that you root for. Like, oh, there yeah. are some guys that, like, you just root for them because you dig their passion, you dig their energy, you dig their commitment, you dig their, you know, everything that they bring to the table. And he's one of those guys. And and um, so I'm I'm so happy for that young man that, that he was able to, to, to come up with that with that interception. And, and, and to your point also, too, Scott, about, about Max, like, we were talking as the game was, was winding down that, like, you know, these were the games that the Raiders used to lose. You know, these four-minute games where we had to close it out, where we had a small lead, and we weren't able to do that. And and tonight, uh, we were, granted, it was the defensive side of the ball that, that actually closed it out, but that idea that the Raiders have not had closers. We haven't had a closer, you know, on offense. We haven't had a closer on defense. And so I, I was kind of really looking at Tyree Wilson a lot, especially on that, on that last defensive series, and was really hoping that he was going to get home and, and, and get to Jordan Love because – they were just throwing everybody at max. I mean, they were just, I mean, they were doing everything they could. They're running away from him. Uh, you know, all the protections were sliding to our heads, towards his side. And, and, uh, and, and other than the occasional chip of a, of a, of a tight end on Tyree Wilson, he was getting one-on-ones and he was towards the end. You could start to see it. You could start to yeah. see it show up. He was getting some movement going in there. He was getting close to love. Yes. He didn't bring it home, but this is what week five now. Yeah. So, Let's let that young man still continue to develop. And if he's going to take that kind of, you know, energy from Max that he's bringing to the table, like I'm telling you, if both those guys get going, it's, I mean, it's going to be literally <laughs> ball game for a lot of teams because that will make our secondary so much better. And, uh, and even, and that said too, and I also want to just say too about Amik, I mean, being elevated to being a starter tonight, like just yeah. with the injuries that we've had. And so for him to come up big like that, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just good well, stuff, man. It was really good stuff for the end. But again, I want to want to really harp on this. Like, we've got our criticisms about Patrick Graham. We've got our criticisms even about Carmen Brasillo and the regression of the offensive line. We've got our plenty of criticisms about Josh mm-hmm. McDaniel. People out there have plenty of criticism about Mark Mark Davis. I don't. I'm not as much on that on that train. Um, but I will say this. So for the young men, the players, again, to make it happen. I think that's what's awesome. And I, and I just, I, I said it before, but I really want to reiterate the idea. I hope these damn coaches acknowledge that at how these guys have stepped up and frankly made them look good tonight. I mean, yeah. that just, and that, and they, that's it. it. You, 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 I think, I think the defense in this team rescued um, them from themselves, from the coaching. Cause I, and we'll oh. get into that here and then we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk about that a little bit. So we'll get into more of the critical. By the way, Murph, not surprising, in the YouTube chat, uh, a lot of people saying it's the worst they've ever felt after a win. <laughs> uh, also, uh, lots of the fire McDaniels, which we'll get into sure. as well. I get it. 
I get and it. And then, uh, of course, everybody's saying, man, can you believe Carlson missed two field goals, which I still can't believe. But, you know, that's okay. It happens. Uh, it's the NFL, and that happens occasionally with kickers. It's just, you know, they go in streaks, and he's had a really long one. So not a big deal. But we're going to take a break real quick here when we come back on Silver and Black today. We're going to get into some of the more critical things. And I will say emphatically, despite the win, I think that the Jimmy Garoppolo era in Las Vegas is already a complete disaster. And I will talk to you about that when I come back here on Silver and Black today. The postgame edition with Murph and Scott. Don't go anywhere. 